0: Come up here, Byron. Let's just stretch our hands and just bless Byron this morning. Because he's gonna bring a revelation from the Lord. Father, we just thank you for for Byron, Lord. We honor him. Father, we receive him as your prophet today here, as he declares his word. That we may receive a prophet's reward. Father, fill him with your grace and your strength. Let his mind be clear and Holy Spirit wreck him as he speaks. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: I'll take that reckon. Okie dokie. That was a really great worship and that was awesome getting to dedicate the baby. That's one of the great things we get to do. Hey, I want to tell you something that happened to me. um, Yesterday I went to where I was raised as a child and uh, of course my house that I was raised in is no longer there, but uh, Becky and I were just walking around out there and um, I was remembering all these memories flooded back to me of my childhood and all the dreams and desires that I had for my life, I started remembering those as, as a boy and hoping for a better future and <clears throat> thinking that the future, this is my future that I was thinking about back, back in those days. And all of us have, all of us have dreams in our heart. All of us have desires and hopes about our life. Unless you're dead, okay. If you're dead, you don't have it. And if you, you can be spiritually dead and lose hope for the morrow and just sort of park yourself. Um, back in, when I was in the engineer world, we had some some guys working for us. They were old guys, and uh, we accused them of, being, of retiring in place. You know, words, words, they quit working hard and quit being diligent. And we were saying, "Y'all retired in place. We can't, we can't afford to have you no more. You need to start working hard again." But I think a lot of Christians find themselves where they almost like they're retired in place. They just they lose their their desire. They lose their dreams that God has placed in every human's heart, and God wants to awaken people about the future. Amen. The Bible tells us in uh, it's Proverbs 13.12 that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire come true is a tree of life. See, that's God's future for us is a tree of life. It's life. What we were declaring this morning in worship, I'm alive, I'm alive. Uh, I'm alive to have life. God wants every person to have real life. And the way you have real life is living the life that God so desires for you to live, not just living on this earth for any other any other purpose? Amen. When I, A couple of years ago, I had a dream, and I was going back to my home as as a child. And these people stopped me, and they wouldn't let me go back to, to go back on the property there. And they said, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "I've come for my inheritance." And that was the end of the dream. And I never really understood the dream for a couple of years until yesterday, when I realized as I was walking walking there. I knew there was a part of me that was still there. I remember the places I played and I could just see it. And I was back there. It was like it was only yesterday. And a part of my life, a part of who I am as a person was from that place. And God spoke to me and he said this. He said, this is how you come into your inheritance. You no longer are a victim of your past. When you become when you stop being a victim of of yesterday, Amen. then you can become into your rightful inheritance. Amen. It was Amen. not a natural inheritance. It was a spiritual inheritance. And the spiritual inheritance, God kept me alive for years and my brother in law Eric here we were talking about last night, all these people we knew and experiences that we had growing up, people that are dead today. We saw some of them die right in front of us, you know, because of the situations that we found ourselves in that were not good places. But God has kept us alive. He's kept every one of you alive. You're alive today, and He kept you alive to give you life, to give you purpose, give you dreams, give you desires. Amen. And if you're alive today and you, you don't feel that, God wants to awaken you this morning. He wants to awaken your heart to something Besides, you know, that deadness that, that tends to encase people. Um, I wanted to read Romans. So I'm talking about the future just in case you don't know. Uh, but let me just tell you a couple things. Romans 8. This is a beautiful scripture. Uh, it's NIV this morning. And I base my whole message on NIV scriptures. Even though NIV stands for Nearly Inspired Version. But it was one verse that it was really good, so I wanted to be nice to the people who put in the verses so I could just use one. Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, and all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Good. But he, yeah. So he talks about a lot of these things that can... That He's saying they, these things cannot keep you from experiencing the love Amen. of God. Amen. Uh, he mentioned the future and the present, not being able to keep you from experiencing the love of God. But he didn't mention the past. So I'm here to declare to you this morning, your past can keep you from experiencing God's love. That's what he was telling us, one of the, he, the secret hints of this scripture was declare to the people your, your past, your burdensome past, your good past, your bad past can keep you out of what God has for you right now. And so what we find is if our past is not dealt with properly, it casts a long shadow over our present and a long shadow over our future. A very long, long, dark shadow. I know this. Many years I was a victim of my past. A victim of what other people didn't do. okay, or, or a victim of what other people did. The way I was raised. The circumstances I was raised in. I was a victim of it. Where God was saying it was never, never meant for you to be a victim. Yeah. All of that was allowed in your life yeah. to make you into something. Yet you allowed yourself to become a victim of it. You allowed something to, to victimize you. And this casts a long shadow over who you are. And you can never become who you are because you're past, you're a victim in it, you're defeated by something that happened when you were a little boy or when you were little teenage boys. And you have blame. I'll never forget the day the Lord spoke to me when I was complaining about my mom and dad about what they didn't do for me what they didn't provide for me. And He spoke clear to me one day. i would take you right to the very spot. He spoke to me. He said, When are you going to quit blaming them for your problems? When are you going to quit blaming them and take responsibility for your life? I said, Right now. That was the right answer, right now. It was a shift for me. And see, God wants to shift people this morning because if you're making decisions based on the day of what happened to you in a negative sense, you're making a bad decision. It's the truth. If you're making a wrong decision, a wrong choice, that's ultimately going to hurt you. You're destroying your future. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, that's
1: good. Oh, so, the past can separate us from our awareness of the love of God. The present can also be challenging, not only because of your past, but also because of the future, right? Uh, many people in this room are worried about tomorrow. Is that true? And many people are worried about when they're going to, or are they going to have the rent to pay next two weeks from now or whenever. You're worried about the future. And that worry, that problem is keeping you from living in this moment that God has given you. Are, are y'all following that? That's why Jesus said, don't take any thought about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because there's enough trouble today. And so many Christians' lives are being distorted because. The future to them is not the future they want. Uh, Christianity today is, is uh, creating a hopelessness in the world, I believe. This is my opinion. Uh, because we have lost the message of hope wow. along with the world. We've lost the message that we have an answer. Wow. Uh, because we're so worried about the United States falling apart that we're ate up with worry. We're ate up with it. The United States may fall apart. But God has not called us. God has called us to have a future regardless of what happens. And see, He wants to teach us how to live in His future, live in what He has, the hope that He has. I don't, I don't buy into in despair about the future. I think that's what the enemy wants us to do. Because when we buy into that and we lose the message of hope, then what do we have? So that's just my little thought about that. I I get in trouble. Becky tells me you shouldn't be careful about your strong opinions. (laughs) I do want to say this. The future is more important than your past. The future is more important than your past. The future is an odd thing because we actually never experience the future. The future I thought about yeah. a little, as a little boy is my present. I never got to that future. Right? It's my present. That's right. Tomorrow, or this afternoon, this moment will be my past. That's right. So we actually never, it's a concept, but in the spirit realm, it's, it's very true. It's very real. In the natural, it's just a concept. It's a place that really doesn't exist in the natural, but it exists in the spiritual. And And biblically, the future is meant to determine our present, not the past. Most people live opposite. Most people live out of a negative past. Some of us live out of a negative future. You see, a lot lot of people struggle with that concept, but that's what Jesus was saying. He's saying you're letting the future, the future is going to determine. If you're worried about it, it's going to mess you up right now. If you see it negative, it's messing you up today. You need to see something different. So let me say that one more time. The future, not the past, is to determine your present. That's right. Amen. That's the biblical way of living your life. That's good. Anyways. So, yeah. Let me just, okay, read one more little scripture here. This is the most, I was thinking about this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's got to be the most. The things I have
0: prepared for you look proper for you.
1: I'm she not knows not it. <laughs> it's. It's got to be one of the most popular verses ever. I was thinking, which is more popular, John 3:16, Jeremiah 29, 11, or Psalm 23? And I mean, it's like, to me, those are like, everybody in the world probably, know, everybody should know John 3:16 from watching professional football, right? You know? But I love this. And by the way, this was the reason I use NIV, it's the way they said it. Listen, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, to give you hope in a future. Now, plans, everybody think about plans for a minute. Uh, have you ever bought something from Ikea that had to be put together? I mean, it's a cause for weeping. In fact, I need prayer every time I see an Ikea box. She claims she needs prayer. Because I'm in, I'm in stages of backsliding. When I was, Listen to this. When I was a little boy, I could buy a model car and put it together without ever looking at direction. Totally. I mean, just zip through it. But Ikea, don't try it. You'll regret it. It's the most miserable. I mean, they have a plan. And you have to do it exactly the way the plan tells you. If you don't, you're going to have pieces left over, and it's going to break. It's going to fall apart. I saw this commercial. This guy built this pool, and he had three or four bowls. I wonder what those are for. And all of a sudden, the pool breaks, and the water pours out of it. And that's sort of how plans are in the natural. But God does not plan like that. See, a lot of people think This, they think God has a very specific future for them planned out. And that is not in the Bible anywhere. Because here, let me me just say this to you. I know some of you might be having a hard time with that, but it's not biblical. It's man-made theology. We think in terms of plan A, right? God has a plan A. And, And if you mess up, you're out. Okay, if you mess up, you're out. And then you have to go to plan B, which is a less of a plan. No. And when you messed that one up, you get to go to plan C, which is even less of a plan. And you keep going down, down, down. And so what happens when we begin to think God is like Ikea, everything's specific. When something bad happens, guess who gets to blame? When somebody dies prematurely. Somebody gets a divorce or a husband goes off the deep end and they get a divorce. Well, since God had a plan, this is the way it was meant to be. So God caused my spouse to die. God caused my spouse to leave me. You see the the falsehood in that kind of thinking? Or maybe your buddy just goes off the wheels. I mean, goes off the wheels on you. He'd love the Lord. You'd serve the Lord with him. And all of a sudden, one day, he just goes off the tracks. I mean, does some really bad, bad, bad stuff and really hurts a lot of people. But then he comes around to be, you know, I'm sorry, I've I, I blown it. I, I don't know, you know, I'm messed up. He repents. He wants to come back. And it's like, you're never going to get another chance because you were trapped forever because you were working in plan A and now you've missed it. And there's no hope for you. You will always be a lesser person in this church over that. I've had people tell me that about certain people. You can never let them do anything ever again because look what they did. And that they ruined God's plan for their life. And that's really not, not what the Scripture really teaches. God has a plan for us, but He doesn't have our life planned out. God has a plan for us. That's what it says. But it doesn't say God has every detail of our life planned out. That's a lie. That's a lie. God has a plan for your future. Y'all got quiet on me, y'all, just looking at me. One of those is fate. Hey, remember the time in Deuteronomy or Exodus when the Lord was upset with Israel and went to Moses and said, Hey, you know what I'm doing? We're going to start over. I'm going to wipe them out and we're going to create a whole new group of people with you and me, Moses. Because I'm so upset with these people. And Moses said, wait a minute, Lord, you can't do that. How could you dare do that? And Moses changed God's mind. He changed God's mind. You see, Moses, really, God knew what he was going to do. But he was trying to invite Moses in to determine the future, his future. Because God was going to do something. He was going to use Moses. But he wanted Moses to see that Moses had a say-so and how life was going to go. You have a say-so in the way you're alive. He did the same thing with Abraham, remember? I know some of you don't believe this. Okay? And you're living a, a bad life over it. Because God's inviting you into the conversation about your life. He's inviting people to have a conversation. Uh, the Lord shows up one day with Abraham, and, you know, there were three of them there. Remember that story? And one of them said, hey, we're we going to hide from Abraham since he's the father, what we're about to do. And no, we better talk to him about it. And so they, they said, we're, we're, we're going down to Sodom because we're hearing some bad stuff. I love that conversation. We're hearing some bad things, so we came down here to go check it out, like God couldn't check it out from heaven. <laughs> you know? So we're going to go down there and see if all this is true. That's what God said. And, Moses, and and if it's true, they're done. We're going to pepper their hives with nuclear bombs <laughs> from heaven. And Moses, I mean Abraham said, "Wait a, well, let me. Hey, I need to talk about this. Let's, can I have a conversation with you, God, about this?" And he began to ask these God about these righteous people. If there's an X number of righteous people in there, are you going to still do it? And the Lord said, no, I won't do it. I promise you. Well, what if there's a, he went down, he got down to about 10 people, 10 righteous. And the Lord said he had never destroyed over those 10 people. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? You see what God was doing, inviting Abraham into the conversation of what he was going to do. And see, God's inviting people into the conversation about their future. Okay. God has a future plan, but he doesn't have all the details planned out. And he's inviting us to have a conversation with him about our future and about what our future looks like. And that's really the way the the Christian life is meant to be lived, over and over and over and over and over again, where God wants you to participate with him in creating a life, a life that's better than the life you now have. Because I believe God says his future is better than our present. The future that He wants us to create is better than our present. That's what I really believe. you, God, I've got to be done here in a moment. Or oh, I will be in trouble. Not with me. Let me read Proverbs twenty-four, fourteen. 14. Uh, know also that wisdom is like honey for you. Isn't that good? Well, I like peanut butter and honey sandwiches too. To <laughs> tell you the truth. So wisdom was like, honey, for you, if you find it, there is a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. Isn't that really pretty? So here's what you've got to ask the Lord. Here's what I've been asked, Lord. What, how do I feel about my future? Now, this, is, this can tell you, if you are, are getting in with God, how do you feel about your future right now? If you feel hopeful about your future then you have connected in with the future that God has. If you feel hopeful. Because hope is in the future. And and the future never happens without hope. Are y'all following that? So that's a question you need to ask yourself. How do I feel about my future? And regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens, God wants us to feel hopeful. Because that's the future he has for you. Thank you. Now, this is really important for us because if we're not hopeful, what's the world going to be? We're going to invite them into, let's invite you into our misery. Yeah. Let me tell you this hope, hope is not rational. Hope is not rational, it's not a rational thing. Despair is rational. If you feel despair today in your heart about your life and about your future, you're thinking, I commend you, you're a very rational thinker. You're doing really good thinking rationally. The problem is, it ain't God's thoughts. You see, God thinks irrationally. His thoughts is, oh. so I was reading last night about this this, uh, gamma ray coming to the earth next month from the sun. You know, sunspot's going to release this powerful gamma ray. And everybody's worried about it. There's like a whole other realms of worry. There's the, you know, the realms of, there's all kinds of realms of worry out there. I mean, it's just crazy all these realms of worry. Everything, this is all in September. Everything's going to hell in September. I mean, we're doomed. In sept- I mean, now these scientists are saying, oh, there's a gamma ray coming, and it's going to bust everything down. I'm thinking, Dang on, man. And it may be actually coming, and it may actually bust everything down. See, that's the thing. But God is saying, I still have a plan. I still, I still have a future. I still have a hope for you if you want it. And I think that's where we have to go. Okay? And I, get, I got one more, one more scripture and I'm done, okay? It's uh, Joshua 4, 4 through 6, because I've been thinking about this scripture for a year. Uh, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over, the, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes. So, you know, they were crossing the Jordan, and he wanted to grab a stone, which I think is like, duh. If I'm crossing a river, I'm not going to be hanging around picking up stones. I mean, that's just how I, when I read I'm thinking, Seriously. Those guys had to be. I'd be running across that thing. I don't know about you. If, so, if God's holding back some water and there's a little path between here and the other side to safety, I would run. And I bet you would too. But he told them to pick up these stones. And I don't think they were small stones. They were probably big stones. that are men to put on your shoulder. They were little. They could carry them in hands. and put them on your shoulder and carry them across to serve as a sign among you. Listen to this. In the future. Everybody say in the future.
0: future.
1: When your children ask you what do these stones mean? You see, here's the thing. Those people were going into an uncertain time in their life. They had war in front of them. They had conquest in front of them. They were, they had lived all their life as nomads. Their entire life they lived as nomads. And all of a sudden, everything's shifting for them. We tend to glamorize and glorify things like that, thinking, oh, it's so awesome. Crossing over, everything's good. But you see, in their mind, they're looking at a new life that they didn't really understand, that they had no concept of, that they'd never lived that way. And they knew they were facing war. And the Lord's saying, in the future. In the future. And so I was asking the Lord about those stones. Did y'all get that? That's how God always is thinking, in the future. Oh, yeah, you got war, you got uncertainty, you got some times ahead of you. But in the future, because God always has this future in front of us. And see, that's what we got to start believing in. We got to start believing in the future. And that that's what we have to give people. We, got to, we have a future to give them a future in God, a bright future, a better day, a better day for you today than today. A better day financially for you. A better day in your health. A better day in whatever it is in your life. That's how God sees your future. Yeah. He sees a better day for you. you. Anyways, I say, Lord, what, what, how do we create this future? How do we create a better future? And this is what I believe those stones represent for us. It represents the choices and decisions we're making today. The choices and decisions you're making today is creating your future. Now you think about some of the choices you're making today, some of the decisions you're making today. Those are the stones that you're building your future with. Those are the future for your children. That your children, your grandchildren, the people that you want to pass a legacy off to, that's what they're going to get. They're going to get that from you. Are you all following that? And so what we have to look at today, if I'm looking at the future that God has, I have to start looking at about what decisions I'm making, what choices I'm making right now, today, because that's the stones I'm building to, for the future. That's right. And that's where, God, that's where God invites us into the conversation. Like with Moses, uh, I don't want to create another race, God. That ain't, that ain't what I want to do. I want to keep the people we got. Let's just fix them and get them over there. They'll be okay. Let's don't do this other plan, God. You know what? If the Lord had left all them people in Sodom, he wouldn't have destroyed it. That's what he told Abraham. And Abraham was reminding God of who he was. And see, I think God wants to give you some liberty to have some conversations with him about your future and about where, what your future is going to look like. And part of that conversation, he wants to talk to you about some of the choices and decisions you're making today with your life. Because some of us are not making good choices, and we're making bad decisions about our future. And God's inviting you to like reevaluate those choices and reevaluate those decisions. Because God's not going to do that for you. He's going to let you do it. Are you all okay? Now you all have got to look in all serious on me. <laughs> why don't we just stand up, I'll just just, just stop on that, thank you Lord, Uh, hey, Mm. thank you Lord. You know, Jesus told us in John 14, last couple of verses in John 14, that he'll show us the future. He's also told us that in John 16, that he will reveal the future to us. Not that we could run to the hills and circle the wagons, but that we could have faith about the future. Faith about the future. That's what he said. He said that. I'm showing you things so you could have Faith not fear and I think that's what God wants to do for people He wants to He wants to heal your past so you can live in this moment in a healthy way and enjoy everything God has for you in this moment but also begin to look at your future and see a future with hope because faith doesn't work without hope Faith is a part of hope. Yeah.
0: Before we uh, were worshiping, very in the right in the beginning of worship, Lord spoke to me, and I came up to Byron and I said. And then when Marlon got up and spoke, I said, "It's just got to be a confirmation." You know, we we look at Byron as our pastor, but also Byron is a prophetic voice to all of us and I came up not knowing any of this not knowing what Marlon was gonna say and I came up to Byron and I said you know I really hear there's a prophetic word here today and I feel And it was when we were singing uh, listen to the river listen to the river you remember that song we were singing and I felt like the Lord was saying if we will hear the prophetic word today and this is what I shared with Byron that there's a reward for us. So I want to encourage us today to not just um, walk out of here and forget. I really feel the Lord has said something here today, that we can receive a reward and a shift in our lives if we will receive the reward He has for us in hearing His Word, because it gives us faith, it gives us hope.
1: Amen, that's great, is Father, I thank you this morning for every person in this room. Lord, there's nobody in this room by accident. You ordained for each one of us to be here. And Lord, you, you love us. You love us. And you want to love us in the place we are. You want to love us out of our bad past. And you want to love us into our future. I just ask you today for every person here. That they would have a genuine encounter with your love. A genuine encounter where they would know God's love. They would know love. They would experience love in an unmistakable, undeniable fashion in their life. And that love would bring healing. And that love would bring deliverance. And that love would open eyes and open ears and open hearts to see life different. And to hear something new. And hear something fresh. And hope would come into hearts, Lord. True biblical hope. True biblical hope would begin to energize our minds and energize our hearts. Lord, I'm asking you to do that. I thank you for it, Lord. I bless you for it, Lord. Lord, thank you for all you've done here today. Lord, let us look back in eternity and see that today was the beginning of a new day for every one of us, Lord something new and something fresh in Jesus name and we would like the ministry team to come up right now and uh, if you would like to receive prayer for anything if you want to come to the baptism what 15 people are, are going to be buried in Christ and be raised in Christ and be seated in a new and fresh way at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ. That's something to celebrate. So if you need prayer, please come up. Somebody will pray a really awesome prayer over your life and bless you and help you. Otherwise, you can be dismissed.